Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Shake and bake. It's episode 181 of the beers and bible podcast i am anthony and michael's laughing at me <laughs> yeah i'm michael and we are back for another week of the beers and bible podcast shake and bake shake and bake <laughs> golly <laughs> what a good a movie <laughs> we're gonna get a cease and desist from will ferrell and john c Riley. that's okay i wouldn't mind getting one from them i bet look i got will ferrell's signature <laughs> On this cease and desist order. <laughs> oh man, what's going on up in Georgia, dude? It's we had a crazy busy weekend this past weekend. Uh, we're recording on a uh, not regular night, not normal night. <laughs> let me let me back up a little bit. Had some scheduling uh, issues. Yep, that kept us from recording on Thursday last week. So it's Monday. And we're recording. Uh, this past weekend, what do we do? Let's um, hung out, did some stuff at home, and mm-hmm. went to a went to a baseball game, and that was fun. Uh, found out that um, so I don't know if this is too much information for our podcast or not, but I'm going to go into it anyway. <laughs> so my one year old has had a difficult time going to the bathroom. Mm, yep okay Mm -hmm. and so we decided or my wife decided that um, to try to alleviate the strain we're going to give him prune juice Mm. and he got maybe like not even a shot glass worth of diluted so like one part water one part prune juice Mm -hmm. and we gave it to him friday night we woke up Saturday morning, or when he woke up Saturday morning, we had to basically like immediately bathe him. <laughs> had to throw his uh, pajamas, <laughs> sleep sack, um, the sheet to his bed. Had to throw all that in the wash like immediately. Um, it was, it was intense. For all the wrong reasons, without getting too graphic, <laughs> what you're saying is the prune juice did what the prune juice was supposed it to did. do, <laughs> and it did not take much. So um, well, that's good. Yeah, he's no longer um, backed up, so to speak. <laughs> all pipes are flowing, and we're. Uh, yeah, but that was that's that's one that like we'll talk about that one forever. Nice. <laughs> Remember the first time we gave him prune juice? That was terrifying. So when, when he grows up a little bit, he's gonna be like, "Mom, Dad, can I have some prune juice?" No, no, no you cannot. <laughs> Not at all. But we're good. Just you know, um, yeah, we're good. Not much else to say there. So how about you? What's nice. going on with you, man? I so I'm the reason that we're actually recording on Monday night because I ended up being uh, out of town all last week. That's not necessarily true because Thursday night we lost power because of a storm. Well, that's yeah. So we wouldn't, I would, we wouldn't have been able to record anyway. We didn't have so, power for close to 24 hours. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no it was fun. like, it's like 16 hours or 18 hours, something like that. That's like, it was longer than a hurricane, man. It was longer than I wanted to not have power. Yeah. It felt like a hurricane. It was like out of nowhere wind and trees were blowing like i felt like the tree in our front yard was like blown sideways nice kind of good weather i love a storm like that i do too but not when it knocks the power out (laughs) you should live in the south that happens on a regular basis down here that's why we all have generators (laughs) i'll say i do live in the south 
anyway, sorry. So yes, oh. we weren't recording because he was out of Anthony was out of town, out of pocket, but we couldn't have recorded set the, uh, Thursday anyway because I didn't have power. Because didn't have power. So then I get back or get back on Friday and and uh, have had already had a trip planned for this weekend uh, to go out of town this weekend because we uh, my kids are visiting family members and so it was just the wife and I and we went uh, with a couple of friends out of town and enjoyed the weekend and uh, that was good to just relax and like turn off all of my my cellular devices and things like that just like not pay attention to alerts for two or three days yeah it was kind of fun um, and then of course get back yesterday and get back start to plug back in you're like holy smokes what did i miss in three days oh gosh <laughs> so been dealing with that all day today getting getting caught up on just weekend stuff that i normally would just kind of plug here and there over the weekend and uh and do it and didn't do it this past weekend but well that is what it is it's good to, it's good to break away yeah it, if you can get away every now and then it's it's I think it's important to do it. Yes, it is. But here we are so, tonight. We're going to drink some beer like yeah, we, we always do. We're going to talk about the Bible. We got the book of Acts coming up later on. But before we get to that, let's talk beer. What you drinking tonight? So tonight I'm drinking uh, one you actually had. Um, it's been a couple of months now. I'm having from Prairie Artisan Ales based in, uh, where are they at? Oklahoma, maybe. They're in the Midwest for sure. Brewed and canned in McAllister, Oklahoma. Does that sound right? Sounds right. Doesn't matter. Prairie Artisan, I'm having the Rainbow Sherbet. Sherbet? Sherbet? I called it the wrong name. (laughs) I just said Sherbet because that's what it looked like. (laughs) Whatever it is. Um, But it's 5.2 ABV. It's a rainbow sherbet sour ale. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, you did like it. And um, sweet, sour, tastes like a melted rainbow sherbet ice cream cone. So um, I'm excited. I, I like rainbow sherbet. I think it's it's one of those things that as a kid you don't appreciate. But as an mm-hmm. adult, you're like, man, this is this is nice. This is this nice is right stuff. there. So. Yeah, Good so stuff. I'm drinking the Rainbow Sherbet. Nice. Prairie. So I am going to drink from Catawba Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to read this because I was I was reading this just a minute ago. This is their introduction before I even say the name, because y'all are going to know what the name is when I get get going into this. But it says, remember when your mom packed a PB&J sandwich in your lunchbox. The flavors all melded into pure comfort food by noon. Well, we created this childhood goodness in a beer. I I almost want to give this thing five Luthers just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got the peanut butter jelly time raspberry brown ale from Catawba Brewing and I saw it Ooh. in the in the store today and Yes, I knew it was raspberry. the one for tonight. Raspberry jelly. And mm. If my six-year-old son was 21 years old, this would probably be his favorite beer because that dude loves uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but he loves them with raspberry jelly. Like He likes raspberry jelly more than anything else. So that reminds me of the... Where is it? It hasn't been that far back. Summer Camp Sammy's I had that was strawberry jelly. Yep. That was good. Mm. So I'm pretty pumped about this one. Peanut butter, jelly time. Peanut butter and jelly typically does very well on our podcast. This is true. No crust was the first five Luther beer. And it's a peanut butter and jelly. It was your first five Luther. Was it? I thought it was both. No, I. Oh, no, you gave Gaelic. You gave Gaelic Gale five Luthers. Yeah. It was my first five Luther. It was the first double five Luther. If you say so. Yeah. So let's crack our beers open. Let's do it. Let's drink some beer. Have a good time. Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. Oh, yeah. 
Mm. And it's in a pint glass too, or a pint can. So I had to get my bigger, bigger glass out so it would all fit. So I mentioned that we went to a baseball game over the weekend. Yeah. We went to a minor league baseball game. Oh, how was that? And it was fun. It was a great, it was a lot of fun. I had a great it, time. Was it the that Gwinnett team? It was. <laughs> yes. It, 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 we we had so much fun. It was a great time. Um, but I haven't been to a lot of baseball games since I started like drinking with any regularity. Mm-hmm. Drinking at sporting events is expensive. It very, yes, very much. A sixteen ounce Yingling nine was like ten or twelve dollars. Oh gosh, daggone. Yeah, that's one. And of the then at the... and then at the store yesterday, I bought a six pack of sixteen ounce for eight dollars. <laughs> the was it's the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they they made a thing to where they don't have high prices on concessions mm-hmm. because they wanted they didn't want people to come and blow like you know a hundred dollars buying two hot dogs and two beers. And right, like, they want you chips. they want you to buy Falcons or Atlanta United stuff. That's right. So they don't want they don't want you to spend all your money on food. But anyway, hint, hint everyone take a hint from Atlanta Mercedes Benz yeah, Stadium. Charge less for, for real. your food. <laughs> for real. Well, so this thing smells very sweet. This one smells like n- no crusts. <laughs> you may have just found a <laughs> no crust replacement. It's possible. It's, this thing smells really good. Well, let's get to drinking. Yes, we should, because I'm ready. Cheers. Cheers. There's there's no doubt on this one. Well, you go ahead. <laughs> um this is so this one's different. I don't I can't remember if the if the no crust was a brown ale or not. I can't remember what it was. This thing is so a lot of times when you get a dark beer or when you think about a dark beer, it, it always ends up being, or you think it's going to be a little heavy. One of the things I love about peanut butter sandwiches is I feel like I could eat like 14 of them and not be full. That's probably terrible that I said that out loud, but it is what it is. I love I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. The balance of peanut butter and the raspberry, you get the raspberry flavor, which is definitely different from grape. But that balance of peanut butter and raspberry is fantastic. The the overall texture of the beer is light. Um, so it's not it's not like it's not super rich, like too much flavor, but it's also not weak. Um, it's just the balance is just right on this thing. Oh man, I am probably gonna go to the store and buy more of these. Um, this is a five Luther beer all day, every day, twice on Sunday, four times on Monday. Um, whatever you want to say, this is a fantastic beer. The flavor is there. The peanut butter is just right. The jelly flavor, um, the fruity tangy from the raspberry is just right. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about this beer. It's, it's fantastic. Five Luthers all, all the way. Cool. So I had to yes. look up the flavor profile of rainbow sherbet. Mm-hmm. Um and it I saw that it's traditionally orange, raspberry and lime. Yeah. Um this this thing nails it. <clears throat> I, I feel like all the flavors are there in this one. Um the lime comes through really nice really really nice especially like probably probably because it's a sour. Mhm. Um and limes are sour. Uh, th- this is also going to be five Luthers. I-, I I don't think there's anything. There's nothing wrong with this. It's almost like, it's almost like melted rainbow sherbet. Like that's almost mm-hmm. what it is, with the hint of booze. <laughs> it's what you wanted. <laughs> but it's really good. Um, not upset about that at all. I was a little upset. The way they had them stacked in the package store, like they were like packs, like directly in front of each other. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a six pack and I picked it up and it was a four pack. And, you're like, and I was, <laughs> I was really disappointed in that, but <laughs> not enough to bump it down to lower than five Luthers. But yeah, five Luthers all day. Um, really light, not, um, no flavor is overpowering at all. The flavors meant really well together. 
Um, and that's all I really have to say about it. So, well, there you go. There is a couple of beers, the peanut butter and jelly, the rainbow sherbet, sherbet. I don't know how you say it. Um, both of them getting five Luthers tonight coming in strong prairie prairie's done well with the, uh, the beers and Bible podcast. We've done a couple of different ones and they have, I actually, well, I actually still have a, um, what the sour patch kids one mm-hmm. from them i still have one of those in my fridge I, it's, it's not because it wasn't good i think i gave it five luthers i just forget about it up here sometimes <laughs> this is true oh man i was, I was that looking at ago something. no it was when was that because it was after oh, i did the wrong column it was after i did uh it's there there the rainbow is. sherbet wasn't yeah it's right there there okay yeah you gave it four and a half yeah i gave it four and a half nice and then you did rainbow sherbet a couple weeks later yep so anyway memory lane um memory lane. but yeah <laughs> good beers <laughs> good beers two fives coming in strong tonight and there is our beer review for the week anthony where are we going what are we doing tonight we're gonna dive into the book of acts um, we're going to set it up. We're going to give you some orienting data. We're going to give you some uh, advice. And then uh, next week, we will begin our walkthrough of the Book of Acts. Uh, so stick around. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. Welcome back from a couple of five Luther beer reviews. The uh, rainbow sherbet, sherbet, however you say that. And the uh, peanut butter jelly time. Getting some good reviews tonight. Still enjoying the last bit of those. So there's but, there's only one R in sherbet. Is there really? Yeah. But they say sherbet. Like I I've always they, said sherbet my whole life. I, I think you've been wrong your whole life. I don't know. I've never right. heard. I've never. Well. I've always said sherbet, I think, but I also don't like. Okay, here it is, officially from the Google, okay? Sherbet, pronounced S-H-E-R-B-U-T, sherbet, is how you say it. Sherbet, okay, well. Is the usual word for frozen sweet dessert made from fruit or fruit juices. Sherbert, with an additional R in the second syllable, and is pronounced sherbet is commonly less used. In Britain, sherbet is a sweet powder used to make a drink bubbly or eaten by itself. So that's what the Google has to say. Well, thanks, Google. That doesn't really answer the question. Because <laughs> it still threw in that like sherbet is l- less common, but still occasionally used. So it's like so is it right or not? <laughs> All right. So see, this is the English language. Okay. So I'm going to spell a word and you say it for me. Okay. S-H-E-R-B-E-T. S-H-E-R-B-E-T. Yep. Sherbet. Sherbet. Okay. Now S-O-R-B-E-T. S-O-R-B-E-T. Mm-hmm. That's sorbet. Sorbet. <laughs> Thank you, English language. <laughs> it's funny as I think sorbet is French, so I think you're wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a much longer discussion on this than we should. You're welcome. Anyway, so tonight we're going to get into the Book of Acts. Yes, gonna, let's dive into set Acts. it up. We're talking about sherbet <laughs> and sorbet and such. <laughs> so we're going to get situated. We're going to get our foundational information or data and our advice for reading the book. Yep. And then next week we'll dive in with our, uh, the, the, with the beginning of our overview. Yes. So, it might take us two weeks to do acts potentially longer. We're going to find I'm, out. I'm going to say it probably will take us at least two. Yeah. Acts but, is pretty long and it has a lot of stuff in it. So yeah, 
I mean, it's Luke again, so we're back to Luke. Yep. But so, anyway, let's roll. Um, let's orient. So let's talk about the book of Acts. Um, this is the second part of Luke's gospel. Um, some scholars, uh, we talked about this in the Luke uh, episode. Some scholars will pair this together as one book. Uh, one book. Uh, some scholars see it as two independent books. Some scholars see it as like this prequel sequel thing going on uh, where it's like you have the Luke and Acts thing and and then you have like the Luke Acts people um and so but either way um this is this is the second half of that it's going to tie into um the first part of of uh Luke's gospel which is the the story of Jesus and his work and his mission on the earth um but Acts here is going to focus on the birth of the church it's going to transition from the ascension of Jesus, and it's going to pick up, and it's going to go move into the church. Um, this book was written at the same time that Luke's gospel, so he wrote all of this together. Again, this is a lot of why people think uh, it should go together, um, because it was written by the same guy. We're going to talk about that here in just a second, because we did in Luke too. But there is supporting data uh, from passages later on in Luke, or I'm sorry, in Acts that suggests that the Luke who wrote the book is the Luke who was the companion of Paul. Okay. Um, AKA Luke, the physician. We talked about Luke, the physician who was a traveling companion of Paul. And they do believe that because of this, where he includes himself in the narrative and he's saying, we did this and us and, and things like that um, leads scholars to believe. And I would agree that uh, it was Luke the physician who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts um, because he was a traveling companion of Paul, had that eyewitness testimony there. Um, but it was written later. Uh, you know, this is, I think we we had said somewhere around like the 70s, 80s, um, right in there in the time of Paul. Um, and so so even though this book was written to the to Theophilus, uh, it was it was dedicated to that one one person, Theophilus. He would have known. Luke would have assumed that the book, uh, really both books, were going to be widely circulated. Okay, um, <clears throat> it's it's interesting because even even in all the other gospels and and a lot of times even uh, Paul would write letters to a specific person, but he would know that the the letter is going to make its way around to all of the churches. That's just the way that the beginning of scripture was circulated. It was, it was read and it was passed around. They didn't have printing presses back then. I know it's hard to believe that they couldn't just have, you know, millions of copies of God's word immediately available um, way back when, before they, they had electricity and um, ink to do things like we do it now and, and printing abilities and toner cartridges and fun things like that. But either way, <clears throat> what happened was when a, when a book was written, and it became authoritative within the the context of the church. They would share it around with all the churches. So so Luke knew that this book was going to be shared through a lot of different churches, um, and so that's gonna. I think that's going to contribute to what he writes about and what he emphasizes. And so in this book, he's going to emphasize about five different kind of major themes, um, very similar to the Luke that we saw in the Gospel obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, but his theme is really going to continue. Um, he's going to say uh, that the good news of God's salvation through Jesus is for the Jew and the Gentile. Remember that Luke's gospel focused on moving into uh, Gentiles and, and bringing Gentiles into the fold um, and letting them do the work and bring and, and you know, basically sharing Christ with them and saying, you can have life uh, in this person of Christ. Um and then you have the role of the Holy Spirit in guiding the church and uh, spreading this good news. Okay, um, and and this is going to be interesting because Luke is going to paint a picture several times of it doesn't really matter what you try to do to stop it, and and really this is a story of the 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 beginning of the church. It it the church faced severe persecution and oppression mm -hmm. not like the church today i mean well it's, let me rephrase that not like the church in america today does we you know we are not persecuted we are not oppressed um just because media people talk badly about us does not mean that we are persecuted or we are oppressed 
Um, you know, go talk to a believer in Iran, go talk to a believer in China, go talk to a believer in almost any other part of the world, and you will quickly learn that America still has 99.99999% of their freedom, uh, you know, in, in order to worship however they please. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't believe me, then get in your car on Sunday, drive to a church and see how many people try to stop you from driving to church. Uh, because my bet is that zero people will do that. You will not be antagonized by the police. Um, you can get out of your car. You can walk into the church freely. Nobody is going to stop you. And so, um, but in this in this context, in in the first century context, it it was it was rough. It was a rough go at the start. Mm-hmm. And and but the church thrived. And what that tells us is that. The spirit working in the church is more powerful than anything on earth that can be thrown at it. Yeah. And so when Christ arose and defeated death, that was that was the end. And and Satan knows it's the end. And so he's going to try to fight to take down everything that he can. Um, But God is going to restore and he's going to take those who are his. um, And there's going to be nothing that Satan can do to stop it. but what's happening here is the church is taking the Great Commission to heart, and they're reaching out to their Gentile neighbors. Remember uh, the end of Matthew with the Great Commission, you know, go into all the nations, preaching, baptizing, all of those things. And then you get to the beginning of Acts with the start of the church. And Acts 1.8, you know, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, um, or the end of the earth. And and so with that, you you have this this idea that the the Great Commission is spreading right then and there, and and that God is going to work His salvation. This is another emphasis here that God is going to work His salvation. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing that man does. Nothing that religious leaders do. Nothing that political leaders do. Nothing that anything that happens on the earth is going to stop God from doing what He is going to do. Mm-hmm. And and it's as simple as that. Um, and some people are going to accept this good news and some people are going to reject it, but guess what? It's not our job to make people accept or reject it. It's our job as believers to share the good news and talk about the good news and say, this is open for anybody. You don't have to be this and you don't have to be that. This is open for anybody, Jew, Gentile, Greek, doesn't matter. Your ethnicity doesn't matter anymore. You know, in the Old Testament, you the Jews were a special people. Well, I hate to say it because they are still a special people, but but in the New Testament, that that transitions from being just Jew to being a Gentile. You don't have to do what the Jews did anymore. Mm-hmm. And so there is that transition, and the transition is being worked through with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so so that's some of the data that sets us up for reading the the story of Acts and what we're going to walk through here in the next couple of weeks. But let's get some advice on how we should read through this book uh, here, the book of Acts. Sure. So like like Anthony's already talked about, like we talked about when we talked about Luke, um, you can see if, if we're going to look at the books of Luke and Acts as one story broken up as Acts, a continuation of the story of Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see that there it's a grand narrative of Jesus's life and his ministry, and there's going to be parallels here. Um, if we look at Luke, if if we look at the book, not just Luke the person, sorry. If we look at the book of Luke, <laughs> the gospel get confusing. Of Luke, <laughs> it does. If you so, if you look at the gospel of Luke, if that if the gospel of Luke was about what Jesus began to do, mm-hmm. then the book of Acts is about what Jesus will continue to do through his followers through the spirit yeah um and it's pretty clear in the intro of acts and luke's in uh luke writes about the promised power that will come on those who bear witness about jesus i think what maybe the people then didn't really understand you know how that power was going to come about Mm -hmm. um but in order for the holy spirit to come down jesus had to ascend and and for in order for the spirit to come and do the work that Jesus has said the spirit was going to come and do, mm-hmm. Jesus had to go to be at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. And so 
in Jesus's absence, a helper comes and begins the work of um, getting the church started and, and doing all those things that we see throughout the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, Acts uh, carries this narrative. There's a series of speeches throughout the book. Um, these speeches um, really display the gospel being preached in power in a variety of different settings. Um, there's a lot of missions throughout the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one of the emphasis back, we look back at one of the emphasis here um, that God will work out his salvation in his way. Um, there's many reminders throughout the book of God's sustaining hand in salvation. Yeah. Um, that nothing will be able to stop the gospel. Um, the Jewish leaders try in chapters three through five. They can't do it. Um, unbelieving Jews try to stop the gospel. Um, the the chief one of them being Saul, later called Paul. Yeah. Um, they can't stop the gospel. Um, even the church. Um, yeah, the, there's there's times when the church almost gets in the way yeah. of the gospel, of the true gospel being preached. Um, in chapter 11, Peter asks, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Mm-hmm. And that's such like a like a poignant question. Like it's such a like it's such a good question to ask. Like who are we to think that our way is better or more efficient or just clearer than whatever God has planned? Yeah. You know, I think of um I think of like Jonah in the Old Testament, like God had a plan for him. Mm-hmm. Jonah had didn't had wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. God made it happen anyway, and a bunch of people get saved because, or you know, <laughs> come to know God because of Jonah's pre. And Jonah's still upset about it. It's like you. You say you follow God, you say you follow Jesus, and when something good that can only come from him happens, you get upset. Yeah. You know? Yep. And then on the and on the flip side of that, like if I think if God wants something to happen, it it's going to happen. And it'll happen with you or without you. It doesn't yeah. like like your stance, your what you do, what you have, what you have to offer, what you bring to the table doesn't matter because yeah. God is going to do what God is going to do. Um, and if our wills are aligned with the father, then great. And we're, if we're part of the, if we're part of the story, great. And if our wills aren't aligned with the, with the father and we're a part of the story in a different way, then also great, you know? So, um, but yeah, like just because it's happening in a way you didn't see, doesn't mean it's not God working. Right. I guess that's, I guess that was really the, what I was trying to get to there. Yeah. Um, so, um, we continue to see this parallel of Luke and Acts. Um, notice throughout the book that Luke is going to be focused on a vertical inclusion of the poor of all kinds in, in the book of Luke, but Acts turns to that vision to more of a horizontal mission yep. focused on the Gentiles. Yep. So, you know, wanting to, I guess, bring the Gentiles along as brothers and sisters and, and include them in what's happening. It, it's not just for the Jews anymore. Like, yeah. you know, like Luke pointed out already, you know, something, something interesting about this, um, is is I I think there there's going to be a parallel here to the Ten Commandments um, because we have the first four commandments are man's relation mm. to God, and then you have the last six commandments are are man's relation to man. I I think that Luke and Acts together give us a very similar picture because yeah, in, in some ways Luke Luke says you know this is your responsibility to to your relationship with God. Your relationship with God should lead you to take care of the poor, do all these things. And then 
And then Axe is almost like the practical playing out of that, but it's also more of a, because you have that vertical relationship, now this is how your your horizontal relationships play out. And, and yeah. so you have this, this, uh, this, it, people call it the two tables of the law where you have, you know, the ones for God to man and then the other ones for man to man. But I think there's at least a parallel. Uh, I'm going to speculate on that. I, I didn't pick that up in anybody's commentary or anything. But as I was reading through, I just kind of I had that thought of this is very similar to the two tables of the law where yeah. you have, you know, some of them being God and some of them being man. So, yeah, just a thought to interject there. Yeah, no, that's a great like I, I as I was reading that note, I wasn't even like thinking about that. But that's a great, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, Luke did the book of Luke. Gosh, it's so confusing because Luke wrote them both. <laughs> the gospel of Luke did focus more on the vertical standing yeah, with man, like saying to the Jews, you know, or, or not even saying to the Jews, but like basically saying the Gentiles are included in this yeah. in this thing. And so the Gentiles can also have that vertical relationship with mm -hmm. with God. And then we get to the book of Acts, and it's more of, okay, here's how we treat each other now that we're all part of the same family. Exactly. So that that's <laughs> it's like scriptures there. all woven together. It's, yeah, it's like there's stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's correlated and all anyway. Um so um the shift that we see here um in the book of Acts is gonna bring more Gentiles into the church and it's going to push out Jews. Um, but this reminds us that the gospel is not for a certain ethnic group. It's not for a certain nationality. It's not for, you know, man or woman or what, like it's not for just men or just like the gospel is for everybody. And it's, It's sad to see people and churches turn those away who have already been ostracized from society in whatever way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's sad to see churches and people in churches say, well, you don't look like us. You don't talk like us. You don't think and behave like us. Like So you, we need you to work on that before yeah. you can come be a part of what's happening here. Exactly. And it's like, why are, why are people in church surprised when people who don't know Jesus act like they don't know Jesus? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like if you don't know who Jesus is, why would you act the way or why would you behave in a way that he calls his followers to act? Yeah. It's almost like we need to disciple people and and show them what scripture teaches us about how we should live. Yeah. It's this but, crazy thought. But even then, like, but how you look and talk and like all of that stuff, Jesus doesn't really care. Nope. Like he doesn't give two, you know, rats behinds about <laughs> any of that outside stuff. No. He cares so much about your heart, mm -hmm. and if your heart is in the right place, then if your heart is with Jesus, I'll say that say it that way. But if your heart's with Jesus, then it doesn't matter if you are all prim and proper or look like a biker or you know whatever. Like I don't know, I've. I've been in, I've, Anthony and I have been in a church that would turn people away if they looked a certain way. Yes. And it makes me angry to think about churches yeah. doing that to people. Yeah. Because if you want an example of this in scripture, go read John chapter four, um, the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there is, there is absolutely zero reason for Jesus to, even be in this the same vicinity as her. Right. But if you read John chapter three and on into four, you find out that Jesus went out of his way 
like took a mm-hmm. path that that was, you know, it, it would be like if I'm going to drive to Georgia, you know, where you are, and I'd be like, okay, so here's how I'm going to get there. I'm going to go down through Orlando to come up to where you are. Like, that's how I'm yeah. going to get to, instead of just saying, I'm going to drive straight up to where you are. Right. It, I mean, that's essentially what Jesus did, but he did this so that he would have that interaction with that woman that everything in culture said he should not be there. Right. You know, but in his providence and in the way that he works things out, he puts himself there and he ministers to that woman. And he said, you know, he says to her, you know, I'll give you water that that you'll never thirst again. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that if, if church people would, take that mentality towards the people that we're around on a daily basis, we, we might have a different world. Yeah. To look at. Yeah. So I'll just offer that right there. No. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, um, but really, I mean, that's going to be throughout the rest of the new Testament that's going to be a recurring theme, right? Yep. Is that the gospel is the gospel changes you, but you don't have to change to, to uh, receive the gospel. Yes. Like, and, and when I say you don't have to change, don't hear me say like, if you, I keep like, for some reason I have the mental picture of like heavily tattooed Mohawk people walking into a church. <laughs> so bear with me on this one. But like, if the heavily tattooed Mohawk person gets saved and comes to know Jesus, nothing about the gospel says that person has to change their hairstyle or get rid of tattoos or any of that stuff. Outward appearance. Outward appearance matters not at all. Yes. Um, I I don't know if I've told this story or not. You'll have to you'll have to forgive me if I have because I tend to tell stories repeatedly. But it's okay. It's I, 181 episodes in. <laughs> we we could tell stories again. There we go. So I I remember I used to travel and and I was I played in a band and and we went around. But I remember specifically being at this church in Las Vegas, Nevada. It was Henderson, Nevada, was where it was, and we went to this church. And I mean, every single person that we met in this church, normal like. You know, I, I say normal, like they looked like you and me. Okay. Um, and, and, and if, if a hundred people in this church lined up, you wouldn't be able to pick us out. So we go through, we're doing this weekend for the, the youth group. Um, and we have a great time. It's awesome. Then we get to Sunday morning service and they're like, Hey, we want you guys to play our three Sunday morning services. We're like, awesome. No problem. So we do that in middle service. This dude walks in, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. His mohawk had to have been two and a half feet tall. And it went from, like, the front of his forehead out all the way around. And, and I mean, it was, it. I, that's the only hair he had on his head. Straight up, straight, like, straight up all the way around. Okay? And he's got tattoos, and, and he's leather jacket, chaps. I mean, the dude is a biker through and through. Okay. And in Las Vegas, you don't have to wear a helmet. So it didn't mess up his mohawk. All right. Dude comes into church and he is as nice as you can be. And people are just loving on this guy. And I'm like, this is amazing. Mm. Like, holy smokes. And and the dude sits on the front row, hair and all. (laughs) You can't see past his mohawk. Hopefully he doesn't turn to the side. But anyway. And, and he, man, the dude gets up there and and he just gives himself in worship and and it's a joy being mm-hmm. on the stage. It's a joy seeing people like that. All right, yeah. Church service ends, and and we're talking to the pastor. And we're like, all right, man, we got to know the story of this guy. <laughs> like, what is this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, man, it's a biker. He was in a gang. Like, it was like three or six months before we got to the church. And they said he came in one day, some like randomly came in, 
heard the gospel, sat in the back, heard the gospel, radically saved. And, and he's like, he has given everything to this, to, and he's like, this is my church. I, this is where I heard the gospel. This is my church. And does, doesn't look like, I mean, he is, you know, him, he sticks out really bad. Uh, but man, those people love him. They love his story. And, and he goes and he gets filled, he gets nourished and he gets spiritually filled, uh, from the church. And then he goes out, he goes back to his biker gangs and shares Christ with those guys, you know, and, and they, they've had a couple of Sundays where a couple of guys have come and, you know, um, but it's, I mean, what a testament that a church didn't Mm -hmm. stifle who that guy physically was Mm -hmm. because they're like, okay, now that you're saved, you're going to have to cut your mohawk off. You're going to have to get some, uh, some clean clothes. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to look a certain way. And if you're going to go back and witness to your biker friends, you got to look like what a church. No, they were like, man, go, go share Christ with your guy, your biker mm-hmm. friends and bring all them too. We don't, yeah. we want them all, you know, but it's, it, it was such an encouragement to me of what the mentality of a church should be. Right. Because, you know, I'm with you, like, I've been in plenty of churches where if a if a single mom who had done drugs the night before had walked into the service, she probably would have been shunned out. I've been in I've been in multiple churches like that. But I want to be in a church that if a if a single mom who's strung out on drugs walks into the church service, there's people there who are going to care for her. Mm-hmm. They're going to love her. They're going to tell her, "Hey, you know you can't do this, but we're going to be here and we're going to walk with you and we're going to help you." We're going to do whatever we can to make sure that you understand that Jesus loves you. He died for you and just and just presents the gospel to this lady over and over again, unapologetically. You don't compromise anything, but you also just don't you don't expect people to to become what you want them to be instantly. Right. So, Just a little side note. It reminded me of that when we were talking about that. No, but but yeah, the. The gospel not being based in ethnicity, but being based in our standing with Christ is going to be a recurring theme throughout the rest of the New Testament. Yep. Which a, another another long thing, another long story to get to like the condensed. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm full of long stories. <laughs> it's okay. We we needed we need some of those okay sometimes. So they but encourage yeah. me. But there we go. There's our advice for reading Acts. There's our data orienting dad I, I don't love the word orienting but it is what it is <laughs> it's what the um, book uses so that's kind of i know <laughs> i know but um i mean we've been doing this for a year i could have said something before now anyway that. um but <laughs> um there we go next week we'll start our walkthrough um or the next time we get together we're we got some scheduling stuff that we got to work yeah. out so um but the next time you hear from us we'll uh We'll start a walk through the book of Acts and we'll tackle that in as many weeks as it takes. So there we go. If you don't have anything else to add, Anthony, would you uh, pray for us tonight? Man, I'd love to pray for us. God, we thank you for tonight. Uh, We thank you for the book of Acts and what it teaches us about the beginnings of the church. God, Uh, your church that will march on uh, until your, your son returns in glory. And God, we await that day anxiously. We pray for that day and we hope for that day. But God, until then, we keep our eyes focused ahead of us. We keep our eyes, number one, focused on you. But God, also focused on the people who are around us that need your love and your mercy and your compassion shown to them on a daily basis. And I pray, God, that the people who listen to this would be encouraged to do that, to to be encouraged to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus, that they would take the gospel to the nations, they would take the gospel to the people around them. Um, God, whatever ministry field you have put them in, uh, God, we understand that every place that you put a believer in Christ is their ministry field. And so, God, I pray that you would encourage us, you would embolden us to stand for you, uh, to be lighthouses of, of your truth uh, to a lost and dying world. God, we pray that you would take this discussion, you would make it fruitful, and you would pour out your spirit upon it. Uh, and God, that it would bless the people who listen, God, that just a couple of guys having some fun. Uh, but God, we take so seriously your words and, and we pray that they will not return void because we know they won't. Um, and so God, we lift this up to you. We ask you to bless it. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, 
if people wanted to find us on platforms of social media, it's not Twitter anymore. Now it's like X. It'll still be Twitter. <laughs> We're going to say gonna Twitter. It, I'm still going to call it Twitter. You all know what I'm talking about. So um, you can find the Beers and Bible podcast um, and we'll I feel like we say this every six months or so. We'll get we'll be more active, maybe. Um, <laughs> eventually we will. Eventually, maybe. Um, but anyway, so newsflash: we have full time jobs. Yeah, sometimes more than full time jobs. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Instagram beers and Bible <laughs> underscore. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever e- whatever Elon Musk is calling it now. <laughs> um, you find us there at beers and Bible P one. Find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. Um, you cannot find us on TikTok or Threads or Snapchat or any I don't of them other. The other one are Ram- Rumble. We're not on Rumble, not yet. But we could. Or we're not be. on Truth. We're not on Truth Media or whatever. It's True. Gosh, no. <laughs> um, but you can email us Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions about anything discussed, any comments about how we're wrong, we'd love to hear that. Um, beer suggestions, we'd love to get those from you. And um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Boom shakalaka. Well, until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open. And we will see you later. Peace out. Peace out.